Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Progressive Field in Cleveland. It's the Cleveland Guardians 9, the Texas Rangers 2. In fact, in the fourth inning alone, it's the Cleveland Guardians 9. Uh, I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And Was the fourth inning of this baseball game the best inning of baseball you've watched maybe all year, right? Uh, man, man, did we put it all together for one magical time, batting around, batting all the way around, bringing it all the way through the lineup and back around. Uh, how many guys did we send to the plate that inning? My God, nine come across to score. It is the top storyline of the game. Easily, easily. And, uh, you know, they're... they're they were throwing Cody Bradford out there against us, uh, you know. So th- this Texas Rangers team doesn't seem as formidable as they seemed when we were in Texas uh, facing them. But uh, you know, Bradford Underwood went on and on about it. How I, you know he's not really a main starter for them. Uh, he he uh, he pitched in relief a few days ago uh, on the fourteenth. So he's out there again throwing. He went two and two thirds innings of relief. So he he started. He made a couple of spot starts here and there throughout the season. Started the season as a starter, um, but uh, clearly, you know, this isn't like uh, facing Max Scherzer here. So uh, Bradford eventually tires down, breaks down in the fourth inning, and the Guardians unload on him. So. You know, this was the situation. We talked about it. We talked about it. How getting that first hit, wiping that zero off the board, changes things. And Stephen Kwan had the perfect quote after the game. And this is from Mandy Bell's article. Uh, he said, I mean, seeing our top dog do that and kind of leading the charge, you can't help but want to join the party, Kwan said. So maybe you get a little more confident, a little more aggressive. But it was a good inning we had. Is that not exactly what we talked about on the podcast? How scoring early, somebody getting it done early, changes things. It does. And this inning is the perfect example of it. So it starts with the birthday boy. Uh, More stuff from Mandy Bell's article. Uh, She had the stats on on, uh, Jose Ramirez on his birthday. Apparently... In eight games on September 17th, on his birthday, he owns a 333 batting average, 11 for 33, with one double, four homers, two stolen bases, and six walks. So, yes, the splits say Jose Ramirez has a chance of playing very well every time September 17th rolls around. Um, so, let's take a look at this at bat. What got us started here? Cody Bradford against Jose Ramirez. He's trying to pitch him. Up with fastballs. He's trying to stay away from him. Uh, gets to the sixth pitch of the at-bat. It's a 2-2 count. Uh, he had fouled off on the fourth pitch of the at-bat. He had fouled off a fastball really high. Like went up above the shoulders and fouled one off. And you're kind of thinking to yourself, ah, why, you know, why do these guys keep expanding the strike zone here high? Like what, you know, why are they chasing these pitches up? He lays off a changeup way off the plate, and then he comes back with another high fastball that I'm sure he wanted a little bit higher than this one. Uh, but this one's right at the top of the strike zone, right at the letters, and Ramirez cranks it. 104.4, 32-degree launch angle, 431 feet. Apparently, it 
ricocheted up to the top row of the bleachers. Uh, I believe Mandy Bell said it was the sixth longest home run he's hit in his career. And uh, it makes me wonder, like, you know, on TV, on TV, the difference between that fourth pitch and the sixth pitch of this at-bat, the two fastballs, that is night and day on TV, right? And looking at StatCast right now, I can tell you that fourth pitch is way too high to go after, and yet he cranks the homer on that sixth one when Bradford brings it down into the strike zone. It makes me wonder what it's like for him. Like, what is he seeing? How close is that? Are those two pitches to him up there at the plate that he goes after both of them? You know, I got to imagine being there live in action. It's that's probably a little bit closer, right? We 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 tend to play in the you know the margins between these pitches a little bit more than they have the luxury of doing live in the batter's box. So, uh, just be interesting to see from his opinion, from his point of view, how similar those pitches are out of Bradford's hands and why he's going after both of them. Right? That's the ultimate question. So, a Ramirez absolutely smokes one. So now it's uh, it's a 1-1 game. We've tied it up. And now the offense starts to cook. After that, Josh Naylor was single uh, in the left field. Uh, Evan Carter took the brunt of most of these hits uh, in left field. So Naylor would single at 107.5 mile per hour exit velocity. Then Ramon Laureano would double. Off the uh, wall in left field, Carter looked like maybe he would have a beat on it, but uh, crashing into the wall, can't make the catch. Naylor kind of has to hesitate a little bit, so he stops at third. Now, normally, we wouldn't just go pitch by pitch through an inning, but just it's too much fun. This inning was too much fun. How could you not want to relive the whole thing? Now, here's the big at-bat, I thought. Andres Jimenez uh, twice would have the big at-bat in this inning. Because, okay, you got the solo home run. You got two more hits to follow it up. You got runners on second and third and nobody out. Still need that hit with runners in scoring position. Still had been struggling with that uh, all season. So still waiting to see that hit. And Andres Jimenez delivers it. He shoots a a line drive in a left field. A nice solid 89.9 mile per hour line drive, 11 degree launch angle, 720 expected batting average, a nice solid hit. Drives a Naylor. He hits it so square that Loreano has to stop at third. We got runners on the corner now. Then Tyler Freeman follows right along. He singles on a line drive in a center field. Loreano comes in to score. Jimenez uh, goes up to second. Then Will Brennan, why not? Will Brennan jumps in. And hits a single into center field, a sharp line drive into center field at 101.5 miles per hour. So, I mean, they are just absolutely cooking, and that would be it for Cody Bradford. I mean, they didn't they didn't send the pitching coach out to talk to Cody Bradford. They didn't – I know this thing gets out of hand in a hurry, but still, that's one, two, three, four, five, six hits in a row off Cody Bradford. you think somebody would come to him and be like, hey, man. Uh, how's it going out here? Uh, it doesn't seem like it's going well. Somebody would say something. Uh, so they go to the bullpen. They uh, bring in Jonathan Hernandez. Facing Gabriel Arias. Arias is able to single up the middle and keep it going. Uh, yeah, he shoots one. three. Is that three hits right back up the middle there, too? Uh, to show you how locked in these guys were. It was nice to see Arias uh, with the hit there. 
uh, a ball that was, I believe, if I go to the at-bat here, I believe it was a ball that came down into the strike zone here. Um, yes, so he was attacking with that two-seam sinker. He was trying to stay on the outside edge, but we all know if you want to get Gabriel Arias out, you got to go high with your fastball. Instead, he's throwing this at the belt, at the thighs, and after taking two called strikes and then a slider in the dirt, he goes back to the sinker and he shoots it back up the middle. So I don't, I don't know about that pitch sequencing right there. That doesn't make a lot of sense from Jonathan Hernandez. I, I don't know why Arias was staring at the first two, but it sure let him lock in on the fourth one. Hits it at 103.7, right back, ground ball, back up the middle. So uh, Amenez comes in to score. Freeman comes in to score. Huge hit from Gabriel Arias. Makes it a 5-1 to one game. And now this thing has gone from, okay, a cute little rally to, like, this, this is some serious baseball right here. This five runs in the inning. We are talking here. So uh, Brennan is on second base. Um, Arias is on first. And for some reason, Cam Gallagher comes up after everybody is hit. Cam Gallagher comes up and tries to bunt. What did the what are they was that from the dugout or was that just him? If that's Cam Gallagher on his own, then that is a man waving the white towel. He that is him throwing the towel in saying, I am I am cooked offensively. Please don't make me swing the bat. I'll bunt these two guys over. There's nobody out. Let me bunt them into scoring position. That's someone giving up on themselves uh, if it's on him. If it's on the coaching staff who called for the bunt, well, then it's the coaching staff giving up on him. But basically, somebody gave up on Cam Gallagher today. Uh, I I don't think the front office will, at this point, they're just going to let him stay to the end of the season. But um, yeah, I, it was almost embarrassing to watch him try to bunt when you would have seven hits in a row now. And uh, he doesn't even swing at the first. You know, he strikes out eventually. Uh, was it a strikeout looking? Yeah, called out on strikes. So he doesn't even get a good swing on a single ball in the entire at-bat. Uh, all right. Let's move on. We, we've we established on the show that nobody's a fan of Cam Gallagher here. I, I, he might be a nice guy, but uh, not a fan of his baseball. So uh, brings up Stephen Kwan. Stephen Kwan is able to get the party back on track. He singles in a ground ball. To center field. He gets one through. Doesn't hit it hard, but he gets it through. Only 74.3 mile per hour exit velocity, but it makes it through. Jose Ramirez with a ground out uh, back to the pitcher, actually. Uh, hits it so hard that the only play is at first base. It does bring a run into score, so Ramirez gets another RBI out of it, even though the hip raid comes to an end. They intentionally walk Josh Naylor. They then hit Ramon Laureano with a pitch. We've now loaded the bases up. And uh, Andres Jimenez, like I said, he had two monster hits in the same inning. Uh, this one, boy, uh, does not hit it hard, does not hit it far. But when you go opposite field, you know, sometimes you can find a lot of grass over there. Sometimes there is a lot of room over there in the opposite field. And that's exactly what happens. He bloops it in, drops it, uh, you know, towards the left field line. Evan Carter can't get it. Um yeah, I mean, he eventually gets up to it, catches up to it, but not after, not before two runs come into score. Loriano's in the third, Jimenez is in the second with a two RBI double. So three RBIs for Andres Jimenez in the inning. In the inning, not just in the game, in the inning. And then Tyler Freeman, unfortunately, lines out, still puts a good swing on it. 
Still has a 630 expected batting average, so they weren't done putting good swings on it, but this one holds up for uh, Evan Carter to finally catch one and uh, end the nine-run rally. So absolutely phenomenal here. And that would be it offensively. Like, that, that's it. That's that's the game. Nine-run rally there. Uh, that's all she wrote for the Guardians' offense. But, I mean, 11 hits, nine runs. It's a be- thing of beauty. With runners in scoring position, you know, something we complain about all the time. With runners in scoring position, they go 6 for 12 and only leave four guys on base. So the offense did their job. They just literally did an entire day's worth of work in one single inning. It's not something you see very often, but hey, there, there, there are worse ways to lose a baseball game, and there are more difficult ways to win a baseball game. So if you're telling me the offense is going to click for one inning, but they're going to put up nine runs, I'm probably going to sign up for that every every time. Every time. Compared to the two-to-one win we had to you know, suffer through the night before, uh, where they you know magically get a two runs against uh, Texas's struggling bullpen, but it's a slog to get there the entire game. Give me this nine-run outburst. Uh, it was so much fun. It was so much fun watching all those balls get through up the middle. Just everybody. Quan was right. Everybody locked in. Everybody was doing their thing. So, uh, so much. This this game can be so much fun sometimes. Uh, so that's what was going on on offense. Uh, actually, a lot of multi-hit games for some guys here. Uh, multi-hit games for Quan, for Ramon Laureano, Andres Jimenez with a multi-hit game. Uh, you know, obviously the three RBIs for Jimenez is huge. Two RBIs for Jose Ramirez, huge on his birthday. Three hard-hit balls for him. Uh, it's it was a party all around. Everybody was relaxed and enjoying the game. Uh, offensively. So nice to see from the guards offense on the pitching side of things. Gavin Williams, uh, despite struggling with his fastball command a little bit, uh, manages a really quality start here. So the trend continues of our starters absolutely, absolutely shutting down the Texas Rangers. I believe we held them to six runs over three games. Is that correct? Six runs over three games to what we thought was a very vaunted offense there in Texas. And I mean, I mean, it is. I mean, Simeon Seeger, Lau, I mean, these guys all have over 800 OPSs, and uh, we shut them down. We shut them down pretty good. I know they're missing their third baseman, uh, the rookie who started the All Star game, uh, but uh, it's still a pretty potent offense. So Gavin Williams goes six innings pitched, four hits, one earned run, two walks, seven strikeouts on 97 pitches. He's only hard hit three times. Now, looking at the illustrator here, he does struggle with that fastball. He leaves the fastball where, if you've been listening to the show, where you would expect it, up and away, up into the arm side of the plate, uh, up and off the plate to the arm side. That's kind of... Where he struggles, but does does manage to get a decent amount of fastballs in the top of the strike zone there. Uh, he, not his best, not his worst with his fastball command. But his other pitches were very good. And, uh, you know, the result of that is that he gets seven strikeouts via four via the slider. And uh, two or three, sorry, via the curveball. So the curveballs are all down at the knees or below. 
The sliders, actually, there's a couple of uh, kind of backdoor sliders here that he gets swinging strikes on. Sliders that he leaves to the arm side of the plate. Um, and he gets three swinging strikeouts there. And then one, he sweeps all the way across and gets Austin Hedges to chase an 0-2 slider way down and off the plate. So that's where he was getting his strikeouts. I did think it was interesting. I looked at his called strikes. And frankly, Gavin Williams got some help today. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. There are at least one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine pitches that are well off the plate that should not have been called strikes. Uh, maybe two or three that are borderline there, but I mean a good group of five or six of them that absolutely should not have been called strikes. Uh, so uh, Gavin Williams did get the benefit of the doubt from pretty wide strike zone and. Texas Rangers either uh, couldn't hit those locations, wasn't pitching to those locations, or didn't get the same benefit of the doubt. They got the benefit of the doubt on the other side of the plate, on the right side of the plate. Uh, There's a grouping of about five pitches out there that probably should not have been called strikes, but but were. So a pretty wide strike zone definitely helps. It usually helps everybody uh, on the pitching side of things, but it helped Gavin Williams the most, it looked like. Um, the slider and the curveball, again, very good pitches for him. Uh, one had a, f- uh, the slider had a 42% whiff rate. The curveball had a 57% whiff rate. Um, it's a 29% whiff rate total on the day and a 31% CSW total on the day for Gavin Williams. And the slider and the curveball have been great for him all season. They're hitting 151 off a slider. They're hitting 195 off his curveball. The whiff rate on both pitches is over 30. Like it's, it's been really solid for Gavin Williams with those two pitches. Uh, it's gonna be interesting to see if, like, I know right now you're assuming Gavin Williams is gonna break camp with the team next year, and like he's he's. I think Bybee has guaranteed himself a spot in the rotation next year. I wonder if the fastball command is something that could hurt Gavin Williams. Uh, maintaining his position on the major league roster. I just, I, I know we love the strikeouts, and I know he's been pitching very well. I, I know the the ERA is at three two nine. The WHIP is at one point two six. Like, there's a lot to like. Uh, the barrel percentage is in the eighty first percentile. Um, what else is decent up here? Average exit velocity is in the seventy first percentile. There's there's some really good things to like about Gavin Williams. But I wonder in a normal season if everybody was healthy, if they would keep him down in AAA a little bit to continue to work on fastball command, right? He's only 24 years old. There's a long future ahead of him. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see if that's something he works on in the offseason and he could do a better job of peppering the top of the strike zone like Tanner Bybee does, right? Use that velocity, use what you've got, but get it in the strike zone and make it a weapon for you. Uh, it'd be nice to see Gavin Williams be able to do that. Uh, some more details before I wrap up my thoughts on this game. Some more details on Jose Ramirez. Uh, I was looking at that home run because he does hit that home run uh, from the right side of the plate. And in fact, one of our emailers, Jeff from Columbus, asked about this. I might as well just jump into his email here. He said, Davey, what a game. What a fourth inning. Jose celebrated his birthday with a monster home run. He seems to be hitting better from the right side as of late. Do the numbers bear this out? And what are his splits from each side? So I went and take a look 
at Jose Ramirez's numbers. And looking at the splits for Jose Ramirez, yeah, I would say uh, he's actually doing pretty decent from uh, the right side of the plate this year. He uh, The batting average isn't spectacular. It's 249. Uh, when he's hitting from the left side of the plate, it's 294. So that's a big jump right there. But the OPSs are actually pretty similar because he's slugging pretty good from the right side of the plate. He's got an 860 OPS when he's batting left-handed. Batting right-handed, it only falls to a 792. That's still really good. Really good. He's got um, 10 doubles and 12 home runs as a right-handed hitter. He's got 25 doubles but still 12 home runs as a left-handed hitter. Now, he also has five triples as a left-handed hitter and no triples as a right-handed hitter. So, um, and and way more plate appearances as a lefty than a righty. Almost uh, double the plate appearances as a lefty than a righty. But I would say that 792 OPS, the 12 home runs, and that, you know, that slugging is respectable. He's actually slugging higher from the right side of the plate than he is from the left. He's a 487 slugging from the right and a 485 from the left. So, yeah. Now, the on-base percentage, he draws way more walks from the left side. The on-base percentage as a righty is 305. As a lefty is 375. So, uh, that that is the difference there uh, as far as the OPS goes. Um, but, yeah, he's, he is slugging. The batting average might not be the same, but he is slugging. Uh, as a right-handed hitter this year. So I would say uh, he's doing pretty good. Uh, Going back, uh, looking at more data here, um, this season, his his expected weighted on-base percentage as a right-handed hitter is bounced around a little bit the last few seasons. Um, When he's going good, it's around 370, which uh, in 2018, it was 379. In 2021, it was 373, and this year it's 370, uh, which is up from 327 last year. So when he's going, when he's not going not so great as a right-handed hitter, that expected weighted on base is around 320. When he's going good, it's around 370, 380, and that's what it is this season. So it seems to, it literally bounces back and forth every season or every other season. Um, It's... It looks like a little roller coaster right here, up and down and up and down and up and down. So, uh, yeah, he's on an upswing right now as a right-handed hitter. Uh, actually, just out of curiosity, what does this look like as a left-handed hitter? Um, is it the same kind of up and down situation there? Oh, my God, 2020, he was he, he had expected weighted on base as a left-handed hitter in 2020, the pandemic season, a 521. Wow. Wow, he's usually around 330, 350 um, from the left side of the plate. Uh, but wow, what an outlier that 2020 season was where it jumps to 521. That was a crazy season, that short and pandemic season. So there's some details there in on Jose Ramirez. Uh, Jeff continues, nice to sweep the Rangers. Would love to see it going against KC. Gavin for MVP or joint team MVP in honor of the beginning where the Guardians sent 14 players up to bat. Okay, let's keep winning, Jeff in Columbus. Uh, thank you for the email, Jeff. You're just going to have to wait and find out. Um, we also got an email from uh, our friend Marlon. 
says, hi, Davey. What a series this weekend for the Guardians. For only the second time this season, the Guardians earned a sweep. With all due respect to the A's, there's a big difference between sweeping the A's and the Rangers. This was a complete demolition of a good team with big playoff aspirations. Big Rig dominated and kept the Rangers off balance all game. He's growing before our very eyes. It's nice to have games like today and Friday in which Class A and Stefan can get some well-deserved R&R. The bullpen pitched well. With the only hiccup, I don't. Oh, with the only hiccup being the RBI double by Ezekiel Duran Duran, who hit like he was hungry, like a wolf. <laughs> Thank you, Marlon. Uh, yeah, I guess you could say, in an ordinary world, the uh, reflex would be to come undone. Uh, that's that's about, all right. That's about as much punning as I can do on uh, Duran Duran hit singles right there. And if you know any of those songs, then you're probably a diehard Duran Duran fan. Uh, he said, everyone got to... Hey, no, we're, all right, we already crushed Cam Gallagher. Let's leave him alone. Uh, they are far more... Dan- uh, I love seeing every- enjoying everyone in the hit parade. They are far more dangerous when everyone's hitting as opposed to only two or three guys. Hopefully, this will be similar to Friday's win in which the entire team earns the MVP for the day. Yesterday, I read on Cleveland.com and SI.com that Chris Antonetti is staying much to my dismay. I shed a few tears of sadness when I learned he was returning. Uh, you know, I, Marlon, I think you're kind of alone on this one. I, I don't know if there's any other Guardians fans that really want to see this front office blow it up. I think they want to see some more aggressiveness. I think they want to see him, uh, some changes in philosophy. But I don't know if they want to see him blow it up. Like, they, they still are a very steady hand leading us forward. And again... It's very hard to turn your back on that. You, you you do not know what the future holds. That mystery box could be a lot of different things. Uh, so, yeah. So, thank you, Marlon. Uh, thank you for the email. And then we got an email from our friend Bob in Highland Heights here. Um, he sent me two emails. He sent me one before the game. He said, I really appreciate your comments on Class A this morning. Just remember the two Rokio throws that blew one of his saves. Most of our problems are because of a roster that does not hit. For instance, Straw in a slugging in a slugging lineup would be a non-issue. Similarly, Jimenez. Off-season roster moves will be interesting. Come December, we will be missing even frustrating baseball. You're right, Bob. As the season winds down, you start to realize, like, when it's gone, it's gone. And uh, it's a long, cold winter to get back to baseball. Uh, but yeah, so uh, not every blown save from Colossae this year has, has been his fault. And, uh, you know, that's the reason why we looked at his numbers. His, his FIP, fielding independent pitching, which is the thing he can control. That's why they have that stat. It's home runs, strikeouts, and walks. The three things that only Emmanuel Colossae can control. Uh, you know, was competitive with the rest of the closers in baseball. Uh, so yeah, so thank you for pointing that out, Bob. And then he says, uh, on today's game, great game. I note one inning of bat magic and seven of bat futility. We'll take it, right, Bob? We'll take it. Happy for Jose. Further convinced our pitching remains great. On to KC. I hope we take KC seriously. Can we finish at 500? Well, yes, mathematically, we can finish at 500. There's still 12 games left in the season. Uh, We are at uh, 72 and 78, so six games under 500 right now. So, uh, yeah, in theory, we, we could. We could. We got some tough games against Baltimore and Cincinnati. But uh, we could, in theory. Uh, it would be nice. It, it I know it's a consolation prize, but it would still be nice 
is do I am I remembering correctly? Has Francona never had a losing season as manager here in Cleveland? Uh, no, the the twenty twenty one season. Yeah, they finished eighty and eighty two, second in the AL Central in the twenty twenty one season. So okay, not every season under Terry Francona uh, has been perfect, um, but I believe every other season. Let me double check here has been over 500 yes so uh we got our work cut out for us but uh it, it'd be nice to leave that 2021 season as the only blemish on his record being sub 500 um again i know it's a small consolation prize to this season um uh, so thank you for the email bob and highland heights uh i appreciate it and it's time for mvp on the day and, uh, yeah, they called it. They know me too well, the emailers. I'm giving it to the... In- no, 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 no. I can't give it to Cam Gallagher. I, I cannot. Gallagher was... I can't do it. One through eight in the lineup. Quan, Ramirez, Naylor, Loriano, Jimenez, Freeman, Brennan, and Arias are all co-MVPs on the day for giving us one of the best innings of baseball you will ever get to see. Come on, it's it was fun. It had, it had only one home run, and it was to kick it off. It wasn't even the exclamation point. The exclamation point is a bloop double down the left field line by Andres Jimenez, which cracks me up. But to bat around like that, to score so many runs, uh, just it's it's fun baseball right there. So one through eight in the lineup, co MVPs on the day. All right, that's all my thoughts on this one. For some reason, we're playing a day game tomorrow in Kansas City, and we got Quantrill on the mound. I mean, it's very interesting to see if that pitch mix we saw from him last time is going to continue, or does he regress back to what he was doing earlier in the season? I hope. I hope it continues, because that guy was a pretty effective pitcher. So we'll see what, what Quantrill has up his sleeve as we go against Singer. Again, it feels like we always get Singer whenever we face Kansas City. So, yeah, uh, we do need to take Kansas City serious. Uh, Let's go win some baseball games, and let's finish strong. Let's do it, Guardians. All right, that's all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland baseball morning. Again, the final in the fourth inning, it's the Guardians 9 over the entire game. It's the Texas Rangers 2. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at clevelandbaseballmornings at gmail.com. We've gotten some new emailers recently, like Bob and Highland Heights. And so join join us. Be a part of the show. Jump in and join the conversation. And thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.